everybody, welcome to Curly Girlies Cracking the Kid Code with Atara and Grace. I am Atara Torsky, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girly book series, and owner of curlygirly.com, spelled with two E's at the end of curly and two E's at the end of girly. And I am here with my amazing co-host and good friend, Grace Cross. Hi, Grace. Hi, Atara. Hi, everyone. I'm Grace Cross. I'm the owner of The Baby Spot, the world's only global parenting magazine. And I am so excited about our empowering guests that we have here with us today. Atara, who do we have? Grace, audience, we are here today with Michelle Breyer. Michelle is an author of several books, as well as a real visionary entrepreneur. Michelle co-founded NaturallyCurly.com, one of the most informative and frequently visited curly hair sites. Michelle and her co-founder Gretchen were frustrated by the lack of resources for curly-haired women. In 1998, they started Naturally Curly, which today is the leading authority on textured hair, providing education, inspiration, and empowerment to women with curly hair everywhere. Welcome, Michelle. We are so happy to have you here today. How are you? I am great, and I am very honored to be a part of your podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for being here, Michelle. And you are not only a curly-haired woman, but you also have a daughter who has curly hair as well. Is that correct? Yes, and that has been kind of a a unique experience because I'm kind of going through the curly journey all over again with her and trying to help her not feel... um, bad about her hair the way I did growing up. Absolutely. Like I find I myself have curly hair as does my daughter. And Atara, tell us about your unique situation with curly hair. Well, yeah, as you know, I think you both know, Michelle, uh, we met through my book, Curly Girly, um, which was inspired by my real life little uh, curly haired daughter. Uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> and I feel much the same way you do. I really wanted her to love her hair. And what yes. I think was more of a straight-haired world. Not that everyone has straight hair, because interestingly, I think the statistic is that 60% of women have non-straight hair. But more that even though there are so many non-straight-haired women, it seemed to be that the ideal is straight hair. And I wanted to make sure that my little girl did not grow up feeling that she was somehow less than because of her hair. So I'm curious if you feel the same way and have had the same experience with your child. Yes, and it's also kind of, um, you know, encouraging because I'm seeing how the world has changed so much since I was growing up. I mean, there, there's such uh, a greater kind of appreciation of curly hair. There, oh my gosh, there are whole sections of stores now dedicated to curly products and yes. there are stylists in every city now who specialize in curly hair. So I think it's um, a much easier uh, journey now and you know there's lots of inspiration too you know in pop culture uh, you know I Bernadette Peters was the only person I saw who was wearing her hair curly right. right now you know there's so many uh, musicians and actresses that um, are wearing their hair curly on a regular basis so I think um, it's been you know super encouraging for me and nice I, to see right absolutely you know what's really interesting is that there are so many different types of curly hair and now that we're embracing it we are starting to see like Atara and I always say that the hair is a crown of a woman's head 
And when you start changing your crown, when you're straightening it with hair straighteners and products and, and hurting your curls, essentially, we're seeing like women feeling really bad about themselves. And what I love about you, Michelle, is you started naturallycurly.com in the 90s when those darn hair straighteners came out in abundance. Oh, yeah, it was it was the uh, time of the Japanese straighteners. And, um, you know, it's interesting, too, because uh, I actually did a couple of articles on it at the time. For many women with curly hair, the Japanese straighteners were the first time they ever appreciated their curly hair, because I don't know if you remember those, but you literally went from having all this texture to having completely straight hair that you could not curl that had no volume right. and for many of these women they weren't used to seeing themselves without some volume or without having that option to to have it curly sometimes right and so it was kind of you know kind of a wake-up call for a lot of women that hey my my texture isn't such a bad thing right, right. maybe this is the way i'm supposed to look <laughs> exactly right yeah. Yeah. And I, I've had experiences where um, a stylist will say, well, I just want to blow it out just to see how it will look. And I, I, I've gone back to work with it straight. This was when I worked um, as a newspaper reporter and yes. people were like, don't do that again. That is not like, no, that is not you. That's not who you and are. I didn't wow. feel comfortable. Like I felt not like myself. Right. Right. It was like they changed. The crown was changed. Right. Yes. And then so how what was it like, you know, having curly hair? Because then you created one of, I mean, my personal favorite, the most popular websites for curly haired individuals in the world. How did you go from being this really successful news reporter to jumping into this website at a time where websites were just really blossoming? Well, it was really, um, you know, uh, how can I, it wasn't meant to be a business. It was really kind of a hobby that we wanted to create a place for people going through what we were going through. And we didn't have any huge ambitions of it being a business, right. but we started with this community curl talk, our discussion board, and that became the foundation of the site. And we really listened to what people were asking for. You know, they wanted a place to review products. They wanted a place to, you know, list their stylist that they had found that really knew how to how to work with curly hair. So yes. I feel like had we had a business plan and really gone into it thinking of it as a business, it might not have turned into what it was, which was really like tapping into what this community really needed. And so as, um, you know, brands started reaching out to us, we started seeing um, that it really was becoming a business. Uh, you know, then we started making changes to the site. And then in 2005, we, you know, we had young children and we yes. had jobs and we're like, we can't do all this juggling. And we had to make a decision. And it was like jumping off a cliff without oh. a safety net. You know, like, oh my gosh, are we, you know, what, what is this all going to be about? But I think it was, a, you know, definitely the right choice because we needed to devote our full time to it. Um, and that's when kind of the, the real magic started to happen. We started to see just all the potential, which included, you know, starting a market research division where we were working with brands to help them develop products and, oh, start, wow. and starting to do events um, like texture on the runway. Uh, we really were able to uh, get even more creative and bring in more people. And, and, you know, it was amazing. But it wasn't um, an overnight 
success by any means. Well, well, you know, nothing really ever is, right? It just always seems that way. It sounds like what you're saying is that this really was a passion project for you. Absolutely. And, right? And then from there, it became really something that you, that you took to the next level. Well, and the beauty of this whole uh, category is that so many of the people who have done really well, you know, in terms of product companies or stylists, it's a passion project for them too. So you're seeing all these indie brands that were started by women with curly hair um, that have become, you know, the big players in the industry or stylists who have specialized in curly hair who have, you know, six months a waiting list to get in because they're so popular because they're so passionate about it. And I think, you know, I tell all entrepreneurs, you know, like you really need to have a passion for what you're doing and a reason why you're doing it. And I think in the curly hair space, it really shows that um, that has really changed the industry. I think that's so true. I do. I'm curious because I've been getting, you know, a lot of comments and emails from women um, on my Curly Girly site saying that they've um, been chastised for their hair being unprofessional in the workplace. Yes. What do you think, Michelle? Yeah. It's shocking that that is still happening. Yes. I recently was on a a news show in Charlotte, North Carolina, Mm -hmm. and the woman interviewing me kind of had a, um, you know, she had a, a little motive of her own because her producers weren't letting her wear her hair, her natural hair. They were making her wear a wig. Oh, my gosh. And she's interviewing you about the positivity of curly hair. Exactly. And so we talked about professionalism and we talked about how it's kind of been a misperception that curly hair is not professional. And the more people who fear wearing their hair curly in the workplace, then you kind of reinforce that attitude. Um, You know, I think it's so unfortunate that we've come so far in so many other ways, but in some industries, I feel like it has been slow to change. It really, really has. And you've been an instrument to that change with your site, but now you're doing so much today for curly haired women. Tell us a bit about your book. Well, the book was another passion project. Yes. <laughs> the Curl Revolution. That's yes, right. The Curl Revolution. It's available on Amazon. Um, and it really was one of those things where you turn around when 